This is a sermon given at St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. Visit our website at stdave.org. Amen. Please be seated. Okay, so I'm going to try to remember my sermon, but I'm seriously distracted. There are some really cute, snuggly babies right here on the front row. So a casual hearing of the gospel reading this morning might have made you think if you were here last week, didn't we just hear this story last week? Because it is so similar to what we heard out of the gospel according to Matthew that you could understand why that would be the case. But if you recall last week, we heard the story of the baptism of Jesus and was from the perspective of the narrator in the gospel according to Matthew. But now that we've just listened to it again from the gospel according to John, it is told to us, for a moment at least, from the perspective of John the Baptist. John the Baptist himself saying, this is what I saw. This is what just happened. And so what we discover is that last week and this week, oh, and next week and the next week, and for the next nine weeks, we're going to be listening to stories that sort of flesh out who Jesus is. And so the first was Jesus as the beloved Son of God. The next is John the Baptist as a, in the prophetic tradition as the Messiah that some of the prophets had declared. And then we will continue to see Jesus begin to reveal more and more about who he is. So let's see if we can back that up. Because what we find in this lesson in particular is this intersection of expectation. First, it starts with the gospel lesson from last week. God's expectation of who Jesus is. If you remember, Jesus was baptized, came up out of the water, and there was a voice that said, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. You are the one in whom I take delight. And we talked last week a little bit about what it means to merge our baptisms with Jesus's and to hear those words for us as well that you are my child, my beloved, in whom I take delight, and the implications of our own discipleship. So that was the first expectation laid on Jesus from God, God's self. The next is this one from today, which is John the baptizer speaking about who Jesus is. And as I said, he's in the tradition of the prophets. If you remember, the Hebrew prophets had different ideas about what the Messiah was going to be like, where they're going to be from, what they're going to talk about, what's going to matter to them. Some saw the Messiah as a military leader who's going to come and deliver the Hebrew people from oppression. Others saw the Messiah as someone in the prophetic tradition calling the Hebrew people back to right relationship with God. Others saw the Messiah as the one who's going to open up this story to the entire world. Competing understandings of who the Messiah is. And so John, at least in today's story, seems to be very, very clear that this is the one. Jesus is the one. But later in the story, even John himself is going to begin to wonder about that. Matter of fact, he will send a message to Jesus and say, are you the one to come or should we look for another? Because Jesus was not fitting into the expectations that John the Baptist had about who the Messiah was going to be. And so now, so in this story, we've got, we've got John the Baptist seeing Jesus twice, saying, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 
And then the second time, same thing, tells those who are following him, it's him. It's Jesus. In other words, turn your attention away from me now and towards him. And a couple of the disciples follow Jesus. One of them happens to be Peter's brother, Andrew, who asks this strange question. He, they say, Jesus, no, wait, excuse me. Jesus turns to them, sees them following, and says, what are you looking for? And I think this is a great, I got it. <laughs> See, I told you, I'm just going to be over here doing babies. Right? <laughs> Jesus says, what are you looking for? What do you seek? And I wonder if this is not an expectation question as well. So we got God's expectation. we got the prophetic expectation. Now Jesus is turning to these people who are following him saying, what's yours? What is your expectation of me? What do you seek? This is worth a pause in our own life, isn't it? I mean, when we think about our life in Christ and our life in God, we come to God, not blank slate. We come to God with some expectation about what God is like, about what God should be doing in the world, and expectations about who Jesus is, and what Jesus, layer upon layer upon layer, a generation upon generation, a generation of expectation of who, who Jesus is, and what should Jesus be doing? You have those, surely, in your own heart. What are the things that you are expecting Jesus to do that seem to be consistent and successful and what are the things that you are expecting Jesus to do? And Jesus seems to have no particular interest in whatsoever. That prayer that you just keep asking, <laughs> keep asking, hey, hey. And what do we do with that? What do we do with this expectation that we are laying on Jesus? And how do we integrate that into the, who Jesus is himself? I mean, that's one of the interesting things about this intersection of expectation. There's nothing in last week's gospel or this one that lets us wrestle with who Jesus thinks he is. Who does Jesus, what does Jesus think it means to be the Messiah? And we'll see him, John, we don't see a wrestling match with Jesus. John is the I told you so all along gospel. You know, I mean, Jesus seems to know from the beginning of creation who he is all the way to the end. Other, the synoptic's not so clear. It seems that Jesus himself is sorting out who he is, based on the expectations of everyone around him and also the expectations of God. So what do you seek, he asked them. And they asked this weird question, where are you staying? That's sort of a random thing to ask, the one you think is the Messiah, who's going to save the world. He asked you, what are you looking for? A good hotel was the answer. No, what, where are you staying? It seems odd, and there's no explanation in the text at all about what that question means. And Jesus says, well, come on, I'll show you. So what do we do with that? What, where are you staying? And I wonder, at least for me, when I read that, I think all I can think of is it's in this series of expectations, where do you fit into my understanding of this? Where do you belong in my understanding of how I engage the world and how I relate to the people around me and what God is like and how God works in the world? Where does Jesus Fit. Where are you staying? And then, to, close, to wrap this story, Andrew, um, Andrew goes to his brother Peter and says, Simon, and says, we found the Messiah. He shows up. And now, look at this jump in expectation. The expectation is now passed on to the first disciple. 
to Peter. Your name is Simon, but I will call you Peter. Which means you are the rock. Peter, the one that we get to know really well. He's sort of the patron train of every big loud guy. He's kind of my guy. I love this man, right? Right. He is he talks too much. He's kind of violent, actually. And, he's, and he's, he has to be reined in a little bit all the time. And he gets it wrong all the time. Does this feel good to you? I like this guy, right? But this is the rock, is what Jesus says. This is the foundation upon which I'm going to do my work. Now the expectation is passed on to Peter. So this is the work that we have before us for the next many weeks but it's also obviously the work of the entire life of faith. Is this working through the narrative of who Jesus is from God's perspective, but then all the other expectations that we place on Jesus, what we need from Jesus, what Jesus is actually really like, and then how does that expectation of the Christian life move on to me? And this, like last week, where we were able then to sort of connect ourselves to the baptism of Jesus, this feel familiar to you? Do you not live a life full of other people's expectations? Then the, the culture has an expectation on all of us. The world we live in has expectations on all of us. Our families of origin, expectations. Work, expectations. Relationships around us, expectations. And all of those kind of intersect with who we are actually. And this is the long, slow work of discipleship. And then it moves on to you needing to answer the very same question. And here's the question I want us to ponder. Jesus finally says, turns to Peter and says, You are the rock. You. So, what is the you for you? Jesus turns to Peter and says, you are the rock. All this, Jesus is the Son of God, Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus is the Redeemer of the world. Where do you fit in my life? Now you fit in my life. Now what? Jesus says, you are what? You are what? It was the rock for Peter. What is it for you? In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You can find more lectures and sermons on iTunes by searching for St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas, or visit our website at stdave.org and click on the podcast button.